0: Hello! We're glad you've joined us for a story about the Peters children. Last year, when we began making podcasts about the Peters family, we were still figuring out ways to do it. We still aren't perfect, but since last summer we changed our microphone and changed the way we record stories. The first story, Penelope Peters tells a lie, was recorded super slowly because we wanted to make sure the recording wasn't so fast The listeners couldn't follow it. After much trial and error, though, we began to speed up the recordings at a more normal pace. So this week, we've re-recorded the story, Penelope Peters Tells a Lie. It is much easier to listen to, and we've changed a few of the details. We've also added a couple stories in Grandma's Corner. As we always do in each of the stories, we've included a hymn title or a line from a hymn. We've changed the hymn from the first time we recorded the story, so it's not the same. If you recognize it, send your answers to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's hymn was In Christ Alone. From the story, Penelope and Pearson mope around. But we didn't have a winner. Now, it's time to get to this week's story. Penelope Peters Tells a Lie The morning sun shone brightly through the curtains onto Penelope's green, yellow, and pink plaid bed. But the bed had already been made and was long since empty. Penelope Peters was in the kitchen eating toaster waffles with her brother Pearson. Mama Peters came stumbling down the steps, bleary-eyed and yawning. Why are you up so early? Mama Peters asked the children as she switched on the coffee maker. I couldn't sleep past 5:30 this morning mama my brain won't stop thinking penelope just couldn't conceal her enthusiasm mama she came in my room before 6 o'clock ready to go i told her the bus wouldn't be here until 8 o'clock penelope's older brother pearson grumbled a little less excitedly than penelope well pearson you need to be a little patient it's penelope's first day of first grade she gets to stay a whole day so it is exciting to her. Penelope turned to Pearson, a smug look on her face. A moment later, Daddy Peters came down the stairs with an untied tie around his neck and his hair still looking disheveled. So I take it that no one cares that it's barely six in the morning and that there's a tall and handsome man in the house who could still use his beauty sleep. Daddy Peters sounded a tad bit unhappy about having been rousted from bed you are not the only one, dear, but Penelope is just too eager for first grade to allow anyone in her family to actually rest. But we understand, Mama Peters winked at Penelope. It wasn't that Penelope meant to awaken her whole family, but the prospect of first grade loomed large in her mind as she anticipated all the changes. Why, there would be a real recess in first grade. Like a whole half an hour instead of just 15 minutes. She would no longer feel torn between Foursquare and monkey bars. She loved both equally, but when she was in kindergarten, she could only play one or the other since there wasn't enough time to play two so Last night she had written down her plan for the day in her new shiny purple flip sequin journal that she'd gotten for her birthday in August, and that plan included fifteen minutes of Foursquare, followed by fifteen minutes of monkey bars. Her plan was perfect, but that wasn't all that first grade had to offer she would get to ride the bus home this year. Mama Peters had always picked up Penelope at lunchtime after kindergarten, but now that she was a big first grader, she would get to stay the whole day and ride the bus home with Pearson, who had ridden the bus all last year and was now a second grader. Though recess was Penelope's favorite part of the day, she had a feeling that art class with Mrs. Grable would replace recess as her favorite part of the day. Penelope had heard such good things about Mrs. Grable's class. And she appreciated Mrs. Grable's style, which included oversized sweaters with brightly colored shirts and flowery scarves. Whenever Penelope watched Mrs. Grable gracefully walk across campus, she just knew that she would be her favorite teacher in first grade. Plus, Penelope loved art already, so she felt she had kind of a head start. As Pearson and Penelope Peters finished brushing their teeth at the same bathroom sink, which was not easy since the sink was so small. They heard the school bus honk outside. A shiver of excitement ran through Penelope. As fast as she could, she finished brushing her teeth, grabbed her brand-new lunchbox, which was bright pink with green polka dots, another birthday present from last month, kissed Mama and Daddy Peters goodbye, and raced out the door. Pearson Peters, a little bit slower on the draw, followed behind. Perhaps he wanted to show Penelope how much cooler he was. By his showing of mature slowness. He didn't let on to Penelope that he was just as excited about second grade as she was about first grade. There weren't any big changes in store for him except that second grade was the first year of music. Pearson would first learn to play the recorder but eventually he would have the chance to learn to play a different musical instrument of his choosing. He envisioned himself playing the trombone. Mm and being the star of the school marching band. Even though the school didn't even have a marching band. But Pearson Peters was a boy with big dreams. The bus ride was a short drive to the drop-off at Evergreen Elementary. Mama Peters had instructed Pearson and Penelope to let the others off the bus first. She was constantly reminding them of what it says in Philippians in the Bible about giving deference to others. So, despite the fact that they really, really wanted to dash off the bus before it had come to a full stop, they fought their instincts to want to get off first and watched as other students began filing out the door. After what seemed like an eternity, after they had watched Barbara McMasters draw up her pencil box, sending pencils, erasers, paper clips, and a pair of green scissors flying every which way, and then helping Barbara pick it all up, Pearson and Penelope Peters finally got off the bus. After waving goodbye to Pearson, Penelope grabbed the hand of her sweet friend-in-waiting, Emily Johnson. Emily was Penelope's neighbor and a school pal. She was dressed neatly in her favorite color, sparkly blue, a pair of khaki pants, and a pair of bright blue Converse high tops, which her mother graciously allowed her to continue to wear. The day before school started, Penelope and Emily had made an agreement to dress in the same color for the first day of school so they both looked fairly similar to each other. Sparkly blue was the most beautiful color. At least that's what the girls thought. Chris said goodbye to Penelope and raced to his class in second grade. Penelope and Emily practically skipped into the first class of the day. After being introduced to their English teacher, the lovely Mrs. Swanson, the girls both glanced at each other, sensing that the day would be just perfect. When the recess bell rang at 1 p.m., Penelope had already begun to grow tired. She discovered something that came with first grade that she had not anticipated. Homework! So far, she had math, science, and English homework. And just thinking about all those papers shoved in her backpack overwhelmed her. Being a student in an accelerated program sure had its downside. She knew she was going to have to work extra hard this year. But she pushed those things out of her mind so she could enjoy recess. After reaching the playground, she organized a game of four-square. Abby, Lydia, and Emily eagerly joined in. Several other girls lined up to be included. The tired feeling and thoughts of a mountain of homework of a moment ago ebbed away as Penelope got lost in the game. Her day plan was back on track, and she gave a good whack to the big red playground ball. She and Emily were the last girls standing in four-square, and the match began to heat up. Girls on both sides were yelling encouragement. Penelope slammed the ball hard into the other side, certain that Emily would miss. In a moment, as the ball sailed just over her opponent's head, Emily made a split decision to jump and hit it before the bounce. It was the right decision as she hit it hard enough that it barely landed in the back right corner of Penelope's square. However, the ball took a bad hop and whooshed in an unexpected direction just out of the reach of Penelope's outstretched hand. In that split second, Penelope have lost. Penelope gave a quick sideways glance at Emily, then turned on heel and darted off. As she ran off, she slowed down briefly and looked over her shoulder back at Emily. She shouted loudly so that all the girls could hear. You didn't beat me, Emily, because I wasn't trying my hardest. And anyways, I wanted to play on the playground. If she had bothered to look, she would have noticed Emily's hurt look on her face. But she was too consumed with her loss to care. Penelope comforted herself by making excuses, telling herself that she hadn't really played her best. In a moment, she would take out her frustration on the monkey bars. Hattie, the monkey bar master, was already crossing the bars two at a time while Penelope stood waiting for her turn. Hattie welcomed her with a smile. I'm going to see if I can cross the bars by skipping two bars in a second, Hattie boldly declared. Ooh, that's a great idea. Hey, I want to try next, Penelope echoed watching as Hattie successfully crossed the bars. It was Penelope's turn. Okay, here goes. Penelope grabbed the first bar, eyeing the glaze-painted blue bar two bars away. Determined, she thrust her right hand forward while swinging her body hard. It was then that she recognized just how sweaty her hands were. In the blink of an eye, she grasped the third bar, having crossed well, but her grip was weak and slippery. She tried so hard to cling to the bar with all of her might, but it was of no use. She fell down in a heap on the ground, her eyes immediately filled with tears. She looked up at Hattie, and in her most nonchalant voice she muttered, I'm okay. I did that on purpose. Penelope completely ignored Hattie's extended hand, and instead got up on her own, brushed the dust off her clothes, and sprinted past Mrs. Grable, who was watching the children play on the playground penelope rushed into the bathroom at the corner of the building which bordered the playground and finished her recess in the stall crying softly to make sure no one could hear her she composed herself and made her way out of the bathroom when the bell rang walking toward art class which she knew would be her favorite class this year especially since recess had been a disaster the class began by mrs Grable introducing herself to the class and telling the children that their job would be to imitate the great artist monet and to paint flowers for the day penelope tried to put aside recess in her mind and focus on the imitation painting she was drawing she looked up and caught emily's eye emily was sitting on her right and seemed to want to communicate with penelope who refused and immediately looked down at her paper after school let out for the day pearson and penelope boarded the bus for home after the bus driver had dropped them off right in front of their driveway they stepped inside their house where Mama peters was there to greet them the long school day had left them with less pep in their step than when they had left in the morning, Mama Peters noticed immediately that Penelope looked as though she was holding back tears. She gave a homemade cookie to each of them and sent Pearson outside to pick the last of the summer's apples off the tree while she and Penelope took a seat at the kitchen table. In a short time, Penelope broke her silence and told Mama Peters all about the events of the day in great detail. She glossed over the four-square game and the monkey bar scene but somehow, Mama Peters sensed that Penelope might be holding back some important details. So she asked Penelope questions about all that had happened. With reluctance, Penelope divulged the complete story of the four square game she'd lost to Emily, and about how she had fallen off the monkey bars. Eyes began to brim with tears and began to spill over onto her cheeks by the time she got to the bathroom part. Mama gazed at Penelope for a moment. She put her arm around her daughter's shoulder and spoke gently. So, Pen? You lied today, and you treated your friends in a way that you would never want to be treated. Is that right? Mama Peters was patiently trying to summarize what Penelope had related to her. Penelope pulled back. She looked hurt and couldn't believe that Mama Peters would take someone else's side. Mama Peters! I was the one who fell and got hurt. And also, my feelings were hurt. That's not my fault! With a tissue, Mama tenderly wiped Penelope's tears, but firmly answered, Penelope, you said you weren't trying at Foursquare. Were you doing your best at Foursquare or not? Penelope had to sheepishly acknowledge that, yes, she had been trying her best. And you also ran off and you didn't tell Emily that she had won fair and square. You weren't being a very good sport. Is that true? Penelope, even more sheepishly, nodded. And then, when sweet Hattie tried to help you up, you not only lied about having dropped from the bars on purpose, but you ignored her kindness. And I think we can say that without question, nobody ever drops from the monkey bars on purpose. After Mama Peters had finished speaking, Penelope's face was saturated with tears. But now they weren't tears of self-pity, but tears of sadness over poor sweet Hattie, who had offered her hand to help and embarrass Penelope get up, but whose hand she had selfishly ignored and had hurried off. In that instant... Penelope suddenly realized how self-focused she had been. If she had thought about Hattie and Emily instead of thinking about herself, she might not have been so rude. Instead, she had acted out of anger, and she was mortified that she had lost at Foursquare, a game she loved so much. And if that wasn't enough embarrassment for the day, she had fallen off the monkey bars. To cover her embarrassment, she had lied about how little effort she had put into playing Foursquare. She figured that if her friends believed that she hadn't been really trying to win... They would still believe that she was a better player than Emily. And if Hattie had thought she was trying to fall off the monkey bars... Actually, she had to stop right there. She didn't really know why she claimed to have fallen on purpose. None of it made any sense. All she knew right then and there was that she had lied to cover for her embarrassment, and her pride had gotten the best of her. Mama Peter spoke, almost in a whisper. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. Penelope that's proverbs twenty eight thirteen God tells us that lying is wrong, furthermore, considering yourself more highly than your friends is wrong, it causes hurt and puts distance between you and your friends. but I suspect you know that by now, and I'm thankful that you do. What should you do to make it right? Penelope tearfully answered, I guess confess it to God and to Emily and Hattie, and I must tell Jesus. Mama smiled and nodded, and together the two of them prayed for the three girls. Mama Peters suggested that Penelope draw pictures for her friends, which she did happily. The next morning, after a good night of sleep and awakening at a more reasonable hour, Penelope sat down for a quick breakfast. Daddy Peters chatted with Penelope and Pearson as they ate and prayed with them before school. As Penelope boarded the school bus, she was a bit fearful. She clenched the pictures she had drawn for Emily and Hattie in her hand, and followed Pearson down the aisle to seats near the back, and only then did she dare to glance up to see if her friends were on board. She noticed them sitting together only two rows in front of her, which added to her nervousness. Sensing her anxiety, Pearson gently squeezed Penelope's hand and whispered, You should just get it over with. You'll feel a lot better. Penelope knew her brother was right, so she summoned all of her courage and took a deep breath. She moved forward to where the girls were seated. Emily, would you mind scooting over? Emily moved closer to Hattie, making room for Penelope, without pausing. Penelope launched right into her rehearsed, but sincere speech. I'm sorry for yesterday. And I'm sorry that I wasn't a good sport at Foursquare, and I said I wasn't trying. I actually was trying my very hardest. You beat me fair and square, Emily. And you were the better player yesterday. Hattie, I'm also sorry that I lied. I said I fell off the monkey bars on purpose, but I didn't. I don't think anyone falls on purpose. Well, maybe they do, but I don't know why they would. And Hattie, you are so nice, and I'm sorry for thinking that it was okay to run away and reject your help by not taking your hand. Anyway, would you both forgive me? Penelope sucked in and let out a huge sigh. Without hesitation, Emily and Hattie reached over, and the three girls embraced in a tight hug. Penelope gave her friends the picture she had drawn for them and went back to her seat next to Pearson. See, what I tell you? Pearson asked. I know. You were right, Piers. Well, actually, the Bible is. I have found mercy. That day, the second day of a new school year, was a much better day than her first day had been because Penelope confessed her sin and found mercy. She still had as much homework as the night before. And life in first grade was going to be more challenging than life in kindergarten. But she was going to make every effort to remember to be truthful and to be humble about her faults. Welcome to Grandmom's Corner. Wasn't that a good story? So what about you? Can you think of a time when you told a lie? Or when maybe you were a bad sport? Maybe you were embarrassed about something silly, like not realizing you had worn your shirt inside out. And when someone noticed, you lied and pretended that you had done it deliberately. Or maybe when you lost, instead of congratulating your opponent, you acted like a big baby and you pouted and sulked. You didn't say good game or good job as you should have. Let's listen to what the Bible says about lying and about being happy for someone when they're happy. First about lying, Psalm 34:13, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Deceit is just another word for lying. Now listen to what Romans 12 15 in the New Testament says. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. To rejoice with someone is to be happy for them. And don't gloat, like brag and be smug if something goes wrong for one of your friends. If they're sad, you be sad with them. Almost all of our stories about the Peter's children and their friends are based on true life experiences. This week's story is based on an experience I've had in the first grade class I've taught at church for many years. Several years ago, there were two students who had the same reaction as Penelope after they fell off the monkey bars. It happened on two different Sundays. As each of the first graders were on the monkey bars and making their way to the end, they each slipped off and instantly made an excuse for why they had fallen off. Instead of just saying, oops or ouch as they tumbled to the ground, Both of them told me, Oh, I did that on purpose. I immediately pointed out that no one I know would deliberately fall and try to hurt themselves. And that though I knew it was embarrassing, they should be honest as God commands and not say something so silly. They both knew that they had lied. So I encouraged them to confess their sin of lying to the Lord. And do you know why I recognized that they were most likely lying and pretending to have fallen off the monkey bars on purpose? It is because I have acted similarly when I've been embarrassed. Like, maybe I've almost tripped, and instead of being thankful I didn't fall, I was embarrassed. So I inspected the ground and looked for a rock or something that might have tripped me. I didn't want to be embarrassed, so I looked for someone or something to blame. We all have so much pride, and that is the root of all of our sin. But how freeing it is to confess our sins, as it says in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this week, when you're tempted to make excuses for yourself when someone gets a better grade than you or makes more goals than you, be humble and congratulate them and be happy for them. The Lord willing, we will be here next week with a brand new story. Bye for now.